Hey Howlers, a couple quick warnings before we get started here today. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. We will be cursing. Bloody damn cursing. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising universe. If you have not read the books, (laughs) this is not your podcast. Where can you find us on social media, Aaron? At HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and check out our Etsy store. Yeah, with the merch. Hashtag merch, hashtag content. All right. And now, HowlerPod. I will not sacrifice my friends for a man who doesn't give enough of a shit about me to put his neck out just once. Trust goes both ways, Darrow. It's this time you have to take a leap. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. It is. I am your host, Ben Reinert. Joined today by my co-host, the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. Uh, we have come to talk to you about Golden Sun. What chapters are we doing today? 22 through 27. We should probably uh, figure out what happened in those chapters, huh? Yeah, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. You know what? I really hope we don't shit our suits because last time it was just it was a mess. I did shit a little <laughs> bit. And then I threw up a little bit. It was, it was great. It was gross. Good cleanup. Do you want to take the first chapter? Sure. Chapter 22, Fire Blossom. After Ragnar leaves the bridge to go to the Augustan's aid, who, and they're landing in the hangar bay, the remaining blues fight to prove themselves worthy to captain the ship. Mm-hmm. And Orion punches a little bitch blue in the face. <laughs> that was fun. Daryl picks the same proud-shouldered blue that helped him earlier. Her name is Orion Z. Aquari. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like Aquaria. I think those double eyes they double like eye, E-I, like Julie eye and stuff like mm, that. Mm-hmm. Aquaria. Uh-huh. She vows to carve a hole back to Mars for Darrow. After naming the captain, Darrow opens a comm channel to the rest of the fleet and the satellites on Luna. He declares the sovereign has broken the compact and attempted to murder Augustus and his house while under her protection. She's a naughty bitch. He then vows to resist the power-hungry tyrant. Orion takes command of the ship, and she's able to fend off the oncoming sovereign forces. Darrow heads to the hangar bay to meet House Augustus as they exit their ship. He learns Quinn has died. The jackal was unable to save her. Weird. A.K.A. he's sneaky, and we don't trust him. He stuck, like, more of her skull fragments into her brain? Yeah. Is that what you meant to say? He's sneaky. (laughs) So Severo is heartbroken and he runs off. Darrow then helps the remaining wounded to the med bay. He meets Mustang and then she tells him to go to Severo instead of Roke. Mm-hmm. Chapter 23, Trust. Darrow finds Severo in the communal washroom and attempts to console him over the death of Quinn. Severo then tells Darrow the real reason he came back from the rim. He says, I came for you because he told me what you are. At first, Darrow doesn't understand. Severo tells Darrow to activate the jam field he knows Darrow always carries. He then makes it clear he needs to hear the truth from Darrow, the real truth. 
who wants Darrow to tell him the name of the person who sent him. Darrow relents and says Ares. Sever then gives Darrow a whisper gem from Ares. The head of Ares appears and he tells Darrow to stay the course and continue the civil war he has started. Then Dancer appears. He's alive. Harmony's a lying bitch. Yep, she sucks. He tells Darrow his family is safe and to trust Severo. Dancer recruited him personally. Darrow breaks down, sobs, cries right into Severo's shoulder. Man bonding. The weight of everything falling from his shoulders. Someone finally knows. Severo tells Darrow he is with him and he believes in his cause. And then uh, Severo leaves the washroom. Darrow runs into Victra on the way back to his room. She tries to make another like flirty, flirty advance, and Darrow calls her his sister, shuts <laughs> it down <laughs> immediately, uh, and then they re- they agree to kind of restart as friends. Nice to meet you. My name's Victra. Yep. And uh, Darrow retires to his room but cannot sleep and wanders the halls of the ship, eventually ending up in the mess hall where he finds one Mustang. Hey, girl. That brings us to 24, Bacon and Eggs, best chapter name. In this whole series. <laughs> I really enjoyed that too. Darrow joins Mustang. At first, they discuss the board of quality control and how they manipulate the colors of the society. And Darrow notes Mustang's empathy for the lower colors as she talks about the tragic lives of pinks and tells him about the hundreds of cases of different colors being in love and carving themselves so they could be together. If only she knew. Oh, man. All of the cases are scrubbed from the record, and very few people actually know about them. But nonetheless, people try to break free of the society's barriers for love. The subject then switches to Cassius. Mustang explains to Darrow that when they broke the rules at the Institute, she thought that they were choosing the better way than what society expected. She thinks he threw that away when he agreed to be Lancer for her father. Augustus. Mm -hmm. She then goes on to explain that she knew exactly what she was doing with Cassius and that she did it to protect her family and to protect Darrow because she loves him. She then warns Darrow not to trust her brother, the Jackal, and tells him they can win without him. She tells him that he doesn't need him or anyone. He just needs her. Darrow wishes it was that simple. He leaves the mess hall and returns to his room. Waiting for him there is the Jackal. They agree to restructure their arrangement and determine they will need to take down Pliny and fan the flames of war. Darrow asks the Jackal for information on the shipyards of Ganymede. Mm, what's going on over there? I don't know. Do you think he's trying to blow up some docks later? <laughs> this takes us to part three, Conquer, chapter 25, Praetors. So it's been one month since House Augustus has fled Luna, And everybody's like, we're undone. The Sovereign beat them back to Mars, and they have been on the run ever since. Their reinforcements are in far orbit around Neptune and like six months away. Darrow is being pushed aside by all the cautious generals surrounding Augustus, chief among them Pliny, obviously because he's a bitch. Uh, (laughs) Augustus has gathered his war council, and they are trying to determine what to do next. Pliny continues to preach patience and waiting for reinforcements. He also suggests... Surrender, possibly. Uh, But Darrow and Mustang have a plan. Darrow explains that to uh, continue to run is weak. They must show power. He shows them that Ganymede has a moonbreaker ship, a massive warship, eight kilometers in length, and that they think he wants to steal it. Darrow goes on to explain that he wants to not only steal the moonbreaker, but all of the ships from the Ganymede shipyards. 
That brings us to <laughs> chapter 26, Puppet Master. Upon hearing Darrow's declaration, Pliny is immediately against it. He advises Augustus that stealing the ships would declare war on the society, not just the Bologna. It would only end once one side was completely destroyed. Darrow then explains the second part of his plan, to use the stolen ships to steal all of the students of the Institute Mustang acts as if she is initially opposed. She, like, kicks your feet up and acts all aloof. <laughs> but masterfully manipulates the room before dropping her most important point. She knows the Sovereign better than anyone, and the Sovereign will not let them live no matter what they do. Obviously. There is only one option, win or die. With Mustang's help, Darrow is able to defeat Pliny, and Augustus agrees to move forward with Darrow's plan. He wants to be king of Mars. Rise. <laughs> Rise, my son. Rise. As everyone leaves, Darrow stays behind to talk with Augustus. And this is like confrontational, yeah. 100%. He point blank asks Darrow if he is a Democrat with a K. Are you a Democrat? <laughs> a crot? <laughs> he shows him the video of the low curlers aboard the Pax when Darrow made his speech and the spark of freedom that comes across their face. Darrow denies the question. Augustus then wants to know if he can trust Darrow with power. Darrow tells him that he must trust him because he is the only person that can bring Lauren Arcos to their side. This surprises Augustus as he did not think Darrow would already know what he was about to ask. Darrow tells Augustus he will bring him Lauren to their side. That takes us to chapter 27, Jelly Beans. <laughs> that's okay that's the best chapter name <laughs> i was gonna say it's probably runner up to bacon and eggs maybe a lot of food related yeah. chapter names Pierce this was week. hungry <laughs> yeah. someone needs to feed him uh so daryl leaves augustus and outside the room the telemonuses kavox doxo and their fox so sophocles are waiting for him outside uh they talk with daryl and agree that they have many shared enemies the bologna for one and the jackal for another daryl just kind of plays along they tell Darrow they asked for Augustus to banish Jackal and that he was uh, he was for a time, but now he has returned. Darrow uh, tells him he thinks this is a crime. They then tell Darrow that they do not hold him accountable for Pac's death and that they are his friends. If Darrow ever needs them, he only needs to ask. After talking with the Telemonuses, Darrow meets secretly over Hollow with Jackal to update him on uh, his plan and to make, make some adjustments. Just being secretive, bad, Darrow. Uh, on the bridge of the Pax, Darrow has Orion set course for Europa and Lorne. Uh, Roke then joins him on the bridge. Darrow tries to explain why he stuck Roke with the needle, but Roke will have none of it. His trust has been violated forever, and Darrow knows it. Roke walks away. Okay, so that's what happened this week. It is. Let's talk about the theme that ties everything together. This week's theme is Forging Bonds. Also, you typed it in all caps, so it's more like FORGING BONDS! <laughs> Telemonis! <Exactly. laughs> uh, the reason why we picked this as our theme for these chapters, uh, we think that Darrow, he forges several new bonds in these chapters or makes old ones stronger. So, uh, as an example, the first one we thought of was like Darrow and Severo. Severo. Obviously, they have a best friend's bond, but now it's like deeper. Severo knows who Darrow actually is, and he gets to share that weight with Darrow. That's a real Frodo Sam moment. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> They're, like, weirdly close. But, I mean, the reason why is, like, the reason I wrote that in there, I wrote, 
This is a real Frodo and Sam moment when Frodo is taking the ring to Mordor. Sam's like, I'm here for you, bro. I will help you carry this weight. Sam's like, you don't have to do it alone. Exactly. Let me carry it. But he won't let him carry I'll the ring. I'll never leave you. He's like, I don't need to carry the ring. I'll just carry you, man. Whatever we got to do. We're here We're here sharing this together. So that's kind of what Darrow and Severo have now. Severo knows his secret, and he gets to carry the weight of that also, and it helps Darrow. You can see just by how much he like breaks down. We all need a friend. True. Trusted confidant. And then we also see this with Darrow and Mustang, because they kind of reestablish their bond and friendship, um, start building trust in each other again. We also see it with Darrow and Jackal. Um, he keeps his bond with the Jackal and does not re- renege on that, which is a bad decision. Yeah, we all know how that goes. <laughs> and then there's also the bond between Darrow and the Telemontises. Telemontises! They tell him that, you know, we're, we're your bros for life. And uh, Darrow has magic beans in his pocket. We got your back. Magic! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> And then also we kind of see one bond broken here at the very end between Daryl and Roke. So their relationship's basically never the same after what happened. Yeah, and then Roke turns into a piece of shit. So this is up to the point where I still like Roke. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify that. I think he is being a little sensitive, but that's just me personally. Roke's a sensitive guy. Well, Roke probably feels like Quinn maybe wouldn't have died if Daryl hadn't have betrayed him. True. Because he might have had more power to change the situation yeah he just wanted i mean he wanted daryl to trust trust him daryl's not capable of doing that because he ultimately knows like rogue's never going to go along with what's what's up yeah because rogue's a racist (laughs) he's a colorist (laughs) uh so let's go back to this daryl and several relationship we've got a couple quotes picked out aaron wants to read the first one who is closer to me than he who loves me more than this strange nasty outcast no one so I look him in his dull gold eyes. Aries sent you. I was thinking about this. Shouldn't it be one gold eye? Like it should be dull gold eye. Did you type it wrong? No. It's in their book like that. Because he only oh, has one shit. eye and he has a robotic eye. Should we but I was wondering if the other one would be gold. Well, like it, he, his I robotic bet, eye might be gold. I bet he got it to match before he takes Darrow's eyes. Right. But it glows sometimes. So I didn't know if he just had like a, a straight up like, like red uh, Terminator eye. Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not red yet. Yeah. He doesn't have the red eyes. You're right. Yeah. Because that's creepy. Yeah. So this is really where we see Darrow throw his hands up like, well, this is my first test of if I can bring anyone on board. He finally takes a leap. If Severo would have been like, what the fuck? Like, Daryl would have had to, like, kill Selvro or something right. if he wasn't on board. Gosh, that would have been sad. Right. So, he had that internal struggle with, I guess I have to tell him, because otherwise he'll walk away and I can't right. lose more people. And I mean, Severo makes a good point. Like, he's like, if I'm going to lay my life on the line in the life of all my friends, like, you've got to be willing to be a little vulnerable in this situation. Right. And open up. Yeah. And he just gained... The bestest friend ever. And I think at this point, Severo doesn't know who Ares is still. Yeah, it doesn't seem... No, definitely not. You know? Yeah. Which is interesting. Right. Because it's Vegeta. Yeah. His dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, this is so powerful. I feel like this... I don't know. I, I actually really, really, really enjoyed this chapter and this interaction between Darrow and Severo because you just feel like the deepness of uh, how difficult this was for Darrow just to be like... By himself, he says, "All the weight falls from my shoulders." Someone knows. He knows, and he's here. He knows, and he came to help me. 
to help me. I can't stop shaking and saying thank you. You was right. I was right. You are my friend. I tremble out like a child. It almost makes him cry seeing me this way. A true friend. So we don't even realize that Darrow is like, so feels as alone as he is until this kind of breaks him. Right. And it's just, it's just so, I mean, that's just heart wrenching. It's just like, because in that moment you do realize just how alone Daryl must feel, like how difficult this must be. He cares about Severo, but he always thought like maybe I would have to kill Severo one day. Maybe I would have to, you know, at the very least like betray Severo and our right. friendship and that how much that would just like eat you up inside and how difficult that would be. And then to finally be able to admit it and then have that person accept you. It's just, that's gotta be amazing. I mean, Obviously, you feel it there in that scene. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, Dev- <laughs> Darrow and Severo. We should make their name Devro. I think that's actually a thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think people ship them. That's what they say. Ship them? Yeah, like relationship them. Oh, cute. Yep. I'm so into the cool <laughs> internet lingo. Obviously. <laughs> So uh, that's one bond that we see. The next bond that is forged further is Mustang and Darrow. This is like a reforging to me. Reforge. Because they had, they were obviously together, and then when Darrow leaves, they're broken. Like she wouldn't get with Cassius, really. Otherwise, I don't think. I mean. But she said she didn't like him. I mean, just like. Because she was lying. Right. Well, she would have never had to do that if she was oh, just yeah. going to be with Darrow is all I mean. But, like, yeah, she explained why she was with Cassius. It was more than just, like, scorned love right. over Darrow or whatever. This scene, too, reminds me of, have you ever been up, like, till 3 a.m. talking to someone? Yeah. And, like, it's, like, at that time in the morning when you have, like, the most real conversations. Right. You know? And yeah. there's something about that time of day. And there's a brown chef just bringing out <laughs> plates of food for you. That's awesome, right? <laughs> Instead of like your mom making you Tostino's pizza rolls, you know, they're getting like caviar and steak. Yeah. <laughs> Darrow says, I thought you said I wasn't strong enough. You're not, she says with a smile, not by yourself. She dons her lopsided grin. You need me. I love Mustang's lopsided grin. That <laughs> just makes me. Makes her. Uh, feel more smart assy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she does it like all the time too. I just like that characterization of her. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we kind of see this bond taking a little further when they're kind of back to their old old ways where they're scheming together and uh, working together as a team. Uh, so this is kind of when they defeat Pliny. Uh, he said, Pliny looks back and forth between us, realizing how easily he's been played. So there is no going back, win or die, I asked flatly. Indeed, Daryl, she says with a smile, win or die. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here you kind of see the trust between them two, that she now believes that Darrow is back on her side, whereas before she thought she thought that he was on her dad's side. Right, and they just have like such a great dynamic. They're such a good team, like 
Mustang really fills in a lot of the areas that Darrow is just terrible at, you know, like, like planning for the future <laughs> at all. Yeah. And not <clears throat> randomly shooting yourself out of star shells. Right. And other ships. Yeah. Darrow's like, he always talks about it. He's like, he's all momentum. He's all um, just once you start moving, don't stop, like keep going. That Can't type stop, of thing. Won't stop. Exactly. Can't stop, won't stop. And Mustang is much more calculated. She's able to think and see ahead of things. And, like, mm -hmm. I don't think that Darrow was able to beat Plenty without Mustang. Like, he's not well, able clearly to outmaneuver him. He was losing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the month prior, like, Plenty had been. Plenty got him kicked out. Yeah. Well, even then, like, he had got him kicked out previously while, you know, Darrow was at the Institute or whatever. But then, just in this one month, they've been running from Luna. Pliny's influence is already like he's put them on the run. He does. He's telling Augustus that they need to surrender, and Gu Augustus is kind of paralyzed because he doesn't know what to do. And Pliny's preaching this patience. Patience, my liege. Yeah, and then this kind of closes out like you just. This is kind of just a cute moment. Like Mustang brushes close to me as she passes, winking playfully. Nice speech, I mutter. Nice plan. She squeezes my hand, and then she is gone. In league again. Augustus observes. League again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they are in league again. Their bond has been reforged, and that takes us to Darrow and the Jackal. Boo. This is Hiss. such a bad decision. Boo. <laughs> it's just so hard to read this, knowing I'm what not happens. Reading it. No, I mean it's just so hard <laughs> to like read this chat, like watch Daryl do this with Jackal. Like every time he talks to the Jackal, I'm just like, no, stop it. Normally, I feel like Darrow like shows like. That he has good instincts about people. He does. And, like, he does have good instincts about Jackal. He just underestimates him. Right. And, I'm sorry, even if you need the Jackal, quote-unquote, he still killed Pax. Right. That's that's so unforgivable that... It should be, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, what a, what a snake. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is when he comes back to his suite and then... Jackal's waiting for him. It says, the lights are on, muted. I search the suite's room with Ragnar to find the Jackal, sitting in my lounge with a sherry. He chuckles at our weapons. Seems no one sleeps on this ship, I say as I join the Jackal on the couch. I imagine we have to restructure our arrangement a bit. Yeah, like, don't have one anymore. Yeah, that's what you should be doing, Darrow. Well, he's like, hey, so, yeah, I'm, like, back with your sister, so I feel like I don't need you. I only need one Augustine King yep. on my side. And then there's the whole... That takes us to the next bond, which is between Darrow and the Telemonesis. This was a really fun chapter. You got to learn a lot about Telemonis. the Telemonis clan. And uh, even before, I like hearing Daxo and Kavox in that meeting with everyone and Pliny insults Mustang and they, they like bristle. They're like about to right. fucking kill him. Yeah, they're much more family to a Mustang than like Augustus ever right. was. Yeah, and she even says like she grew up with them because she was sent away after um, her brother died. Right. There's that great moment where like Augustus kind of insults Mustang, plenty insults Mustang about Being like, like a whore or something. Yeah, basically calling her a whore. And good one, plenty. The Telemonuses are the ones that are mad about it, like you said, and Augustus is like. He's disgusted with her, but mm -hmm. then immediately, like, she takes her power back from the room, and he's like, he's got a fire in his eyes again for her. He's like, all happy about it. And Daryl's like, this fucking sick <laughs> fuck. Like, right. <laughs> Something about his love is so conditional. Yeah. And it's switches just switches back and forth. Based on power. It's like we were talking about last episode with golds and like how much they uh, well, just 
power. Like that's all they uh, obsess over. It's all they want, and it's all that they see, really. Yeah. Especially like the main family. It's like the the iron gold ones. So back to Telemannus. Mm-hmm. This is Daxo talking about Pax to Jero. He says, "We love that little boy." <laughs> Sorry. I love that they call him a little boy. Yeah, <laughs> like giant as if man. he was ever little. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was a giant baby, too. Anyways. We love that little boy, and we know you only ever mean him honors. We know you named your ship for him and will not forget it. Once friends, always friends. That is our family's way. I'm not sure that's a great slogan, but... <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> What if? Anyways, yeah. it is good though to have loyal friends, especially True. as gold. True. Because like Augustus is so conditional. Yeah. And his favor swings back and forth. The Telemannuses believe in justice and honor, and they like stand up for what's right, which is like sticking by your friend. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a great point. You want to go on and read the next part, too? So if you need us, Daxo suggests, nodding to the war room, you need merely ask, and the house Telemannus will lend itself to your cause. So they have, like, bound themselves to Darrow just in this moment. And that, you know, pretty much sticks through the rest of the books, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. they become bigger and bigger characters. Kavox and and Iron Gold is really awesome. Yeah. I also think they easily trust Darrow because of Pax and also because of Mustang. Like right. when they're like, Oh, Mustang and Darrow are on a team. Great. He's on our They'll team. They'll pretty too. much follow Mustang anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Okay. That's the theme for these chapters. Uh, that will take us to our prime five, <laughs> which is obviously five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Sure is. So best one. is Ragnar, of course. Mm -hmm. So this is when Ragnar is like being a creep and like, (laughs) like just following Darrow around with like Victra. He's like, looks and Ragnar's there. He's like, okay, go away. Like, (laughs) I'm fine. You need to sleep. Cause Ragnar's like injured. He got stabbed in the ribs. (laughs) Right. And then, um, Darrow comes back and the jackals in his room. He says that Ragnar, like sneaks up behind him and he doesn't even hear him. Yeah. Like that's so that's scary because he's so big. <laughs> yeah. And Daryl's like, Oh, Hey dude. Uh, yeah. And he's like, there's breathing. Daryl's like, Oh, okay. It's probably, you know, a Theodora, right? Yeah. Theodora. Yeah. And he goes, cold breath. <laughs> Daryl's like, okay. dude. <laughs> yeah. He's walking it's around. Like the best airport. friend you never wanted. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, you're being a little clingy, but I guess it's good. Right. He's, like, walking around at another point, and he's like, I wonder if Ragnar's, like, following me right, right he's now. Like, now he's, like, <laughs> worried because of his shadow, who he can't hear. That's his so giant funny. shadow. <laughs> I okay. love that. This was uh, one thing that I noticed, and that's uh, we had talked a little bit about Roke and Darrow's bond being broken forever. So this is at the, uh, at the end of the last chapter of, of this week. Uh, so Roke and Darrow are kind of talking. He's come up to the bridge. This is right before they're leaving to go find Lorne. Roke and Darrow have a conversation. And Darrow's basically like apologizing for drugging him. And he says, I'll do anything. Like, I'll get on my knees if I have to. And Roke says, well, that's an image. Like, he thinks out loud to himself or to Darrow. And I'm not going to lie. I took that as a gay way. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> we know about Rogue. <laughs> well, now, yeah, we, we have some speculation that he might uh, swing both ways. And but Ben didn't think... <laughs> thought it was murder foreshadowing well this yeah i think this is foreshadowing the end of the book right here because that's ultimately how we leave darrow like on his knees razor wrapped around his neck right mm-hmm. so i just thought that oh, was kind spoilers of <laughs> i just thought that was kind of interesting like right then like daryl's like i'll do anything i'll say sorry you know like i'll get on my knees for you and uh rogue's like oh well think about that and then at the end of the book that's exactly what happens so more foreshadowing there for the end of the book. Roke becomes the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The bad guy. Well, runner up. Jackal's always the worst. Yes. So, another uh, Prime 5 is Mustang telling Darrow not to trust the Jackal. Also foreshadowing. Darrow keeps putting himself into sticky situations, such as trusting the Jackal. Right, and she's like, he is not like you or i he's not like yeah a regular he person. sees you as a bag of meat yeah. like not as a human right. person and we talked a little bit about that in the last episode too when he was like doing his acting with the children getting yeah. murdered he's a psychopath exactly and like these are freaking red flags darrow <laughs> like <laughs> come on dude <laughs> yes yeah he even darrow who's a red and he's trying to destroy like basically the entire world or worlds um even he like feels bad when he kills people right or like you know wants what's best for everybody yeah he's got empathy i mean yeah yeah jackal has none of that no jackal's like no i just want to be in charge and kill everybody else. yeah he just wants power and to watch the world burn pretty much mm. um he's okay. a sick fuck yeah so darrow that was another just warning sign that he ignored and bad decision and then he ends up in a box uh, the next item on the Prime 5, number 4, I believe, is going to be when Darrow and Severo, like Darrow reveals that he's a red or whatever, and he's like, do you think that anybody will go along with this, like breaking society down? Yeah, he's like, let's and, put more people on our team because right. this felt so good. I just thought it was kind of interesting what Sarah's, Severo's response was. He like immediately pointed out that Roke and Thistle would not be on board, which he was exactly right about. Uh, and then he said the rest of the Howlers would probably be on board, uh, and they are. And then he uh, said Mustang and Victra. He's like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and that was kind of, um, I don't know, maybe he's on both of those. So it was a good call on several. He seems very perceptive. I just thought it was interesting that he immediately pointed out, like, Roke and Thistle would not be on board just about, like, how he knows them, and, like, they would never accept that. Roke loves his gold life too much ultimately he just like yeah he believes in the society and then our last prime five is the seeds being planted that mustang would be accepting of darrow's plan to break the society and this goes into their bacon and eggs chat Mm -hmm. uh where mustang is like so amazed by the low colors or the cross color relationships Mm -hmm. that form over and over again without anyone like knowing that they've ever happened before. Right. So like uh, saying that bond between colors can't be broken even by the society. Yeah. It's like Dr. Malcolm in Jurassic Park when he's like life finds a way. This Mustang, she's like love finds a way. That was a deep cut. (laughs) (laughs) Life finds a way is a major. That's a, everybody knows that line. I did not know his name was Dr. Malcolm off the top of my head. Dr. Ian Malcolm. 
<laughs> I know all the songs. Life finds a way. That's a beautiful sound. Anyway, love finds a way. She also like describes the life of Pink's as tragic, and Daryl's like, oh, she. Most people wouldn't think about that right. way. They think of like inefficient or something like that. Right. She thinks of all colors as people with feelings. So yeah, there's. I was just thinking there's some seeds there in that conversation where. Mustang kind of reveals her true character and her true feelings towards the society. And she says, like, it's going to break eventually either way. She's like, I don't know if it's going to be 50 years from now, 100 years from now, but this is going to break because it doesn't work. Can I just put a soundtrack to this? Sure. Mustang's talking about this. And in Darrow's head, he hears, I see your true colors (laughs) shining through. (laughs) I mean, right? And then a disco ball drops down and the brown, like... (laughs) Hits play on the record player. The brown shit. <laughs> I just—that's what I see. I don't know if if anyone needs help. Stop giving away show. our Red Rising musical. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like to the side a beautiful ballet going on with the two of them. Yeah. Dude, we're gonna be very successful for sure. <laughs> the Red Rising musical is gonna be a huge hit. And that brings us to do 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 do. Our Primus of the Week. Yes, of course. Our Primus of the Week is the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is... Mustang. (laughs) 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 I was still singing the song in my head. (laughs) I think you have to say her name like that every time from now on. (laughs) Mustang. She's a bad bitch. Um, so why did Mustang win besides my ever uh, ending love for her? Okay, that so here's the case for Mustang. She tells Daryl to go to Severo instead of Roke, which was clutch. Because yeah. that gave Darrow the message from Ares. And, and the trust of Severo. And the trust of Severo forever. And then... Blood Brothers. Exactly. And then also, like we just talked about, she low-key drops hints that she's down to break society. And Let's she's do not this. a colorist. Yeah, exactly. And then also she tells Daryl not to trust the jackal. Ugh. And of course he doesn't listen. And of course she's totally right. Yes. Okay. And then the last thing is she helps Daryl kind of outmaneuver Pliny, which he wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. She goes on to help Daryl with a lot of things. Yes. She's fucking amazing. He's lucky that she likes him. Yeah, so even though she's not the main focus of the chapters, I do think that she is the MVP of these chapters. Most runner up MVP is Ragnar for being sneaky. (laughs) Yeah, sneaky Ragnar (laughs) is very fun. (laughs) So congratulations, Mustang! You are our Primus of the week and the love of my life. (laughs) Can we just get one more Mustang so we can drop that in? Mustang. Perfect. That's part of the R&B portion of the musical. <laughs> right. Right. All right. You know what it's time for then? What are we into this week? Okay. What are you into this week, Aaron? I'm into the comedian Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, wow. Tell me all about her. Um, so uh, we just saw her uh, show live and it was fucking hilarious. Halfway through the show, I remember thinking that I was tired of laughing yep. and I thought about leaving. My face did hurt. No, like my whole body hurt from laughing so hard. I was like, I don't think I can physically take this. There were moments where I had to just stop laughing for five minutes, even though I was still enjoying everything that was going on because I just could not <laughs> like hold continue breath. laughing. Yeah, definitely had a face cramp. <laughs> yeah. 
I also like my throat hurt because I was screaming the whole time. Yeah. Anyways, she's not only hilarious in her writing, but she has such great physical comedy. Yeah, that's what I was really like. The way with. she moves her body is so fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. and she's also super sexy, which makes the fact that she's so weird even like more endearing. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Because she's not like just a hot girl. She's like fucking weird as shit, <laughs> and I love it. She also has a Netflix special. I think she has two. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I've only seen one of them. Mm-hmm. There, the newer one's called Elder Millennial. Yep. And as a millennial, I appreciate all the jokes. Yeah. So Eliza Schlesinger. She's a hilarious. I would definitely uh, check her out. Endorse that recommendation. Thanks. So Ben, what are you into this week? I'm into a show called Future Man on Hulu, and uh, it's basically like a time traveling show. It's really, it's a comedy. It's really funny. It's made by like Seth uh, Rogen and Evan Goldberg, same really? dudes that do like Knocked Up and. Oh, Pete is in it. Yes, it stars, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Josh Peter. Hutcherson or something like that? Hutcherson? Josh Hutcherson. Yes, he is PETA from is Hunger Peter. Games. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically, uh, it's about this guy. He's, his name is Josh, and he's a like, video game dork, stays home all the time, uh, doesn't have any friends. He beats this crazy game about uh, the future, basically some time travelers come back because the game is like a training ground for them to find their savior. So they come back from this like dystopian future, find him. And then they're supposed to like save the, the world from ever occurring. You know, I remember seeing this with like, he's holding a mop. Yeah. I was like, that looks so fucking stupid. And I I did not click on it. Right. It did look, I thought it looked dumb for a long time too. And then I think I actually saw Pierce say something about it. And so I started watching it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's Pierce wreck. It's hilarious. The one of the dudes that comes back from the future, he's this like they're like these super soldiers from the future. They come back to find Josh and use him as his savior. Obviously, he's like very inept and he's a video game playing nerd, not a badass super soldier like they are. One of them's named Wolf, and he is just effing hilarious. <laughs> and <laughs> anything he says, like every week or every episode, is is amazing. So I'll I would have definitely to check it out. Uh, recommend it. I've watched season one. It was really good. And now I'm into season two. It's a little weirder, a little different, but it's good. I like it. Good. Yeah. Thanks, so that's Ben. Future Man. And Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. <laughs> Schlesinger. Just type in comedic. <laughs> Eliza. Just get to Eliza. Because her last name is very hard to spell. All right. What are we doing next episode on Hallerpod? Hallerpod Golden Sun, <laughs> chapters 28 through 34. Wow. That's a lot of chapters. But we can do it. We can do it. It'll be so great. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, reading along with us. That's going to be chapters 28, 34 through 34. Join us next episode. Don't forget to follow us where? At HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also check out the Etsy store. If you want. Also write a review. Definitely. Um, Only five stars. Only five stars. Otherwise, go... Take your ass to the jackal and grab that box and lower yourself down into it forever. (laughs) We'll put you in the jackal's box if you give us less than a five-star review. Is that what you're threatening? I'm saying that I actually have it under this table that we're sitting at. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a very small table. Yeah. And maybe there's somebody in there that wrote a bad review right now. You'll never know. Yep. Because you'll never see them again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, howlers. Thanks for the five stars. Omnis ver lupus. Ow.